the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, May the 7th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, on May 7, 1945, Germany signed an unconditional surrender at Allied headquarters in Rams, France, that ended its role in World War II. Today, in 1915, a German U-boat torpedoed and sank the British liner RMS uh, Lusitania off the southern coast of Ireland. It killed uh, 1,198 people. Some reports say it was 1,178 people. In either case, it was a lot of people, including 128 um, Americans. There were about 2,000 people on board and the ship is said to have sunk in 21 minutes. A real tragedy. Today in 1939, Germany and Italy announced a military and political alliance known as the Rome-Berlin Axis. Today in 1946, Sony Corporation had its beginnings. In the beginning, they called it, the company, they called it Tokyo Telecommunications Engineering Corporation. I think Probably Sony was a better name to go with. Today, in 1963, the United States launched the Telstar 2 communication satellite. That changed TV forever. Today, in 1975, President Gerald Ford, he formally declared an end to the Vietnam era. He was in Ho Chi Minh City, formerly Saigon. The Viet Cong celebrated its takeover. Indeed, they did. I was in Vietnam in 1975 as well, and 76 and 7 and 8 during those years. And uh, they did indeed celebrate. They told the people they had defeated America. And the people believed it. A lot of them did. Some of them did not. They were trying to escape to come to America, and many of them did, thankfully. As millions... Across our nation, he did the call to prayer yesterday, a national day of prayer. Our president, in his presidential proclamation, failed to even mention God or Jesus or Christianity. It's the first time in history that a president has given the official proclamation for a day of prayer and not even mentioned God or Jesus Christ, or Christianity, or all of the above. That's a striking contrast to the words of President Lincoln, who lived in times not unlike our own times. Lincoln told our country in his time, we have forgotten God. He said, we must pray to the God that made us. Mentioned God seven times. As he proclaimed, a national day of prayer and fasting. I'll come back to that in a moment. Biden simply forgot God. 
or he decided not to mention him at all, or he had someone write his proclamation and he never even looked at it. He just submitted it. I don't know. What I do know is that the failure to mention God is more than just a slip of the tongue or a writing error. It is a sign, it is an indication of where we are in our country today. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 2 says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. There was mourning across the land yesterday and again this morning. While President Biden failed to mention God or Jesus or Christianity in his prayer proclamation, he did say that it was a day yesterday, a day of prayer, a day set aside to pray to Almighty God who created the universe. President Biden, while not mentioning any of that, he did say it was a day when Americans of faith can call upon the power of prayer as they confront racial justice and the existential threat of climate change. He also included in his words the late Congressman John Lewis. He quoted John Lewis as saying, quote, Nothing can stop the power of a committed and determined people to make a difference in our society. Well, there's truth in that, co- in that comment. I believe that. If we all work together, we can accomplish some great things. But the president forgot God and Jesus and Christianity in a day of prayer in a nation that was founded on God's word. <laughs> he noted how prayer has nourished countless souls and powered moral movements, including essential fights against racial injustice child labor, and infringement on the rights of disabled Americans. I'm not kidding you. That's what he said. But he forgot God. As social media was announcing that Donald Trump will continue to be banned from its platforms, President Biden reminded America of our, I'm quoting him, our First Amendment that protects the rights of free speech and religious freedom, including the right of all Americans to pray. But he never mentioned to whom we should pray or to whom we do pray. And it's true that we we can pray and we do have freedom of speech as long as our religious beliefs are in sync with the current secular progressive ideology and as long as you restrict your prayer from public events, schools, and most anywhere publicly anymore and keep them in the building that's called the church because we now have freedom of worship. That's very different than freedom of religion or religious freedom. Separation of church and state. President Biden forgot those freedoms come from God. Catholic vote. They tweeted that Biden is signaling that he supports coercing doctors into performing abortions, gender transition surgeries, even if doctors object because of their faith. That's true. He is. And they are concerned. Doctors are expressing. I get a lot of comments from the Christian Medical Association in particular because we have supported them. And um, they're very concerned. The direction things are going under the Biden administration. That same organization, Catholic Vote, 
They also said recently that President Biden has taken a wrecking ball to the issues that are most important to Americans of faith. They're not alone in that view. There's Protestants that feel that way as well. I'm one of them. The press has often said that President Biden is the most, I'm quoting, devoutly religious president in modern times. Well, he may be religious, but he forgot God on the National Day of Prayer. Michael Faust was writing for the Salem Broadcasting-owned Christian Headlines. It's a great website. And uh, he noted yesterday that, quote, President Biden is the first president in modern times that has omitted God from the prayer proclamation. You may know that a law was passed in 1952 that requires every U.S. president to issue a proclamation designating a national day of prayer. 1952. But we were proclaiming prayer long before that. We were talking about prayer, the Continental Congress. When the British attacks came in Lexington and Concord, the Continental Congress called for a day of public humiliation, fasting, and prayer in the very founding of this nation. They said the reason that we're calling for this day is that we may be we may be with united hearts and voices unfeignedly confess and deplore our many sins and offer up joint supplications to the all-wise omnipotent and merciful disposer of all events July 20 1775 as commander of the continental army George Washington encouraged his troops to participate in a Congressionally authorized day of prayer on Thursday, May 6, 1779. Other presidents, among them Washington, Adams, Madison, they all called for days of prayer and thanksgiving, hearkening back to the older colonial Thanksgiving traditions. All of this was taking place. Even President Obama, in 2015, in his proclamation, he referenced God three times, including in the following phrase, he said, through prayer we find the strength to do God's work. In Obama's 2010 proclamation of prayer read, On this day, let us give thanks for the many blessings God has bestowed upon our nation. But now we have no more God in this. There's a focus, there's a mention of prayer, but no mention of to whom we should pray. God is out. God is canceled. You say, oh, Gary, you're making too much of this. No, I'm not. This is a reflection of where we are today in our country. And if we don't wake up now, I fear for where this country is headed. And those of you who have been listening to this program for some time now, we've been on the air starting with on ACN a number of years ago, seven, eight years ago, I think it is now. I haven't said that before. I've always said I am very hopeful, and I still am hopeful, and I'll come back to that in a moment. But I will tell you I have concerns because if we continue on this path, we will indeed become a mere asterisk in the dustbin of history. George W. Bush, in his proclamation, he said, We come together to thank God for our nation's many blessings, to acknowledge our need for his wisdom and grace. I mean, President Clinton, Bill Clinton, <laughs> took time out of other extracurricular activities. He said, Let us not forget those painful lessons of our past, but continue to seek the guidance of God in all the affairs of our nation. George H.W. Bush, 
As one nation under God, we Americans are deeply mindful of both our dependence on the Almighty and our obligations as a people he has richly blessed. Ronald Reagan, of course, he invoked the name of God in most everything he did. He understood that our strength comes from the Lord God Almighty. Reagan said he encouraged Americans to turn our faces and our hearts to God, not only at moments of personal danger and civil strife, but in the full flower of the liberty, peace, and abundance that he has showered upon us. Even when He said even when the times are good, turn to God. President Carter, Jimmy Carter, he said, we endure and remain a, a land of hope because of the basic goodness and strength of the people and because the God of us all has shown us his favor. President Ford, he wasn't particularly a religious president. In his proclamation, he said, let us also reflect on the profound faith in God which inspired our founding fathers. LBJ, <laughs> let us, let each of us pray that God will endow us with the constancy to prevail in defense of freedom, with the courage and resolution to preserve and extend his blessings of liberty. President Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, he said, may we especially ask God's blessing upon our homes, that this integral unit of society may nurture our youth and give to them the needed faith in God in our nation and in our future. Dwight Eisenhower, the warrior who became president. President Eisenhower, let us remember that our God is the God of all men, that only as all men are free can liberty be secure for any, that all, and that only as all prosper can any be content in their future. Let us remember that our God is the God of all men, Lord of all, over all. But Joe Biden, Joe Biden, the most devoutly religious president in recent history, according to the press, he didn't even bother to mention God. What a striking contrast that is to what President Lincoln was saying in similar times. President Lincoln, on March 30th, 1863, he proclaimed the first national day of prayer and fasting in an official way. Others, as I have said, were doing so, clear back to Washington, George Washington. But Lincoln said, whereas the Senate of the United States, devoutly recognizing the supreme authority and just government of Almighty God in all the affairs of men and nations, has by resolution requested the president designate and set apart a day for national prayer and humiliation. Lincoln continued. He said, we have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But he said, we have forgotten God. In fact, he referred to God or the Lord seven times in his short proclamation, in addition to several other passive references to God. The president is the only president, Biden, in modern times to forget God in a prayer proclamation. But thankfully, yesterday, tens of millions of people across our nation did not forget God. Lincoln told our country in his time, we have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. 
we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. Too proud to pray to the God who made us. Is that why we skipped God in the White House this year? I don't know. Former Vice President Pence, he offered a prayer yesterday, of course, filled with scripture, talking about one nation under God, praying that our differences be set aside. He said we must appeal for God's grace and his blessing. President Trump, speaking at the Susan Susan B. Anthony uh, List uh, conference earlier this week, he was talking about praying to God. Nobody ever said Trump was the most devoutly religious president of all times, but he probably did more for Christian people and Christian policies in America than any president in recent history. But even he was talking about God and our dependence upon God. Many other leaders did as well. Dr. James Dobson, the founder of Focus on the Family and now the founder of Dr. James Dobson Family Institute, he was talking about his and his wife Shirley's involvement in the National Day of Prayer over the past 25 years. She has been chairman of that. She isn't anymore, but she stepped aside, but she has been. He said, I can't recall a time in history when the President of the United States was in more desperate need of God's intervention. Does he know that? (laughs) However, Jim Dobson, now 85 years old, (laughs) he was quick to point out that light always overcomes darkness. He said, Jim Jim Dobson, he said, but the darkness will not prevail. Though I fear what may become of this nation, there is one thing I know with great certainty. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob lives. In him we have placed our hope and trust. We will praise him and call on him to bring healing to our land, to mend what is torn and to restore what has been lost. He said if there was ever a time that America needed prayer, it's now. He said we serve a good and powerful God, one who could accomplish all things. Should we ever cease to plead for his intervention? No, we should not. Of course not. But our president forgot God or Jesus, or Christianity on the National Day of Prayer. Founding Father Patrick Henry said, When people forget God, tyrants forge their chains. God's Word says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal heal their land. I'm standing on that, and I think many of you are today as well. I hope all of you are. America did. This wasn't about critiquing the president. This was about a deep concern, not just in our emotions, but in our heart, in our heart of hearts, as deeply as we can feel. We were offended by a president whom the press has anointed as the most religious or devoutly religious president in recent history who can't even remember on National Day of Prayer that we're praying to Almighty God who created all that is. Or he simply didn't even read the script 
before he proclaimed it? I don't know. But it should be deeply concerning because even the President of the United States is not so busy that they should forget God. That leads to a place we don't want to go in this nation. That leads truly to what Patrick Henry, a born-again Christian who was homeschooled by his parents and became one of the most fiery, most influential speakers among our founding fathers, it was Patrick Henry who looked out on the shoreline on America, on newly the America that was new, being newly formed. And he said, see those ships out there? I'm paraphrasing him. He said, those aren't cruise ships. <laughs> They're not here to take us on a vacation. They're here to destroy us from Great Britain. He said, these are perilous times. He said, we have got to stand up and we've got to fight. He said, there is no debate over whether or not we should start this revolution to free ourselves from this king of England. And he said, I don't know about you guys here, talking to the people assembled in Virginia. He said, but I'll tell you one thing. He said, give me liberty or give me death. Where is that fire? Where is that conviction? It's lost in this administration. Every four years when we say, well, we Christians have got to get out and vote. We're not kidding. Elections matter. This was one of those times when it mattered. But may I repeat, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. That's a promise. God help us. God has something different in mind for our nation than those who are in power today in our nation. I understand I'm treading on thin ice by saying this publicly in today's environment, but it must be said. And I thank you for allowing me to with your support. We wouldn't be here without it. And I thank you for standing with us. I thank you for allowing us to say what we say on the radio. I'm not trying to be sensational. I've been around a while in the ministry my entire adult life. It's about the kingdom of God. It's not about me, but it's not about being afraid to speak the truth. Straight talk. We need to awaken this culture is taking us to hell in a handbasket faster than anyone realized. And those that are the far left, atheist-leaning type people, the Bernie Sanders, who said he's probably an atheist, I'm not putting words in his mouth, they're standing gleefully clapping and cheering this man on who stumbles from day to day in and out of his office. And a national day of prayer comes to America, America of all countries, and the man that we elected, supposedly, can't even remember, or chooses not to, even acknowledge Almighty God, who is holy, holy, holy. God help us.
But if my people will pray, things will change. It doesn't matter what the Oval Office does or does not do, ultimately, because God is in control. I want to shift gears now. That's Other than that, I have no opinion about the National Day of Prayer. <laughs> May Patterson wrote um, a piece. I want to share a part of it with you in the time that I have left this morning. May Patterson is an author, a speaker. You may know about her. She speaks. She's pretty involved with uh, like Bible Study Fellowship and some of those organizations. She said she listened to Paul Harvey's So God Made a Farmer. And it inspired her, and she wrote this. So this is, I'm crediting her because she wrote this, but I'm going to share it with you. She says, that at the dawn of time, God needed someone he could trust to love his precious children. So God made a mother. God said, life will often be harsh. I need someone with a gentle touch, someone who can brush a tear from a downy cheek of a newborn and gauge a child's temperature without the aid of a thermometer. I need someone who has a special knack for soothing, who can kiss away pain and soften blows, someone who will hold her child's hand firmly until she has to release it tearfully on the first day of school. So God made a mother. I need someone who will carry enough together daffodils and put them in a vase so everyone in the house can enjoy the first blooms of spring, someone who will <clears throat> care enough to rummage through the, mis <clears throat> the mismatched sock pile in hopes of finding a match, someone who will make birthdays extra special, sing silly songs with their toddlers in the car, and who actually wants to go on a school field trip to an insect museum just to be close to her child. God thought, I need someone who will play Christmas carols on the piano, someone who will decorate gingerbread houses with the kids and wrap gifts and deck the halls of Christmas for nothing in all my creation will be able to make Christmas as special as a mother will, so God made a mother. I'll take someone who can gather a chaotic, busy family around the table for chicken soup, cornbread, sharing life together, someone who will organize play dates, piano lessons, and the pantry. I need someone who will find the lost football cleat, dad's keys, and bun bun, her little girl's favorite stuffed bunny. I need someone who can unload the dishwasher, pack lunches, call out spelling words, and make coffee while bouncing a baby on her hip. It must be someone who is willing to keep going even when she thinks she has no strength left. Someone who will strive to love her kids and love their father even more. I need someone who's willing to work the second shift or take the second best or play second fiddle. So her family, so her family will have it better than she did. So God made a mother. I need someone who believes, someone who will trust that I have a good plan for her and for her children even when she can't see it. Someone who will pray for her family daily, for sadly few people will. I need someone who will share my words and encourage her children to believe in me, because I am the source of life. God said, I'll place a second pair of eyes in the back of the mother's head, give her bionic ears, and grant her a gracious portion of laughter and tears, because she'll need them. So God made mothers special. Thank you for joining me today, and um, Mother's Day is Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to the mother of our children, Marjorie, my wife, and happy Mother's Day to all of you.
who are listening today. And happy Grandmother's Day as well. Have a great weekend. I'll see you here on Monday.